What's up? It's Delaney, and I'd love to invite you to become an honorary co-host of the Self-Helpless Podcast. Do you want to pick episode topics and guests? Done. Want to surprise your loved ones with shout-outs on the show for a birthday, project launch, a much-needed divorce? Whatever you're up to, would love to be a part of the celebration. Get your favorite and least favorite quotes featured on the podcast, submit questions for our special guests, and find lots more new features and surprises at patreon.com slash selfhelpless. You'll also get added to our patron insider email list to easily redeem rewards via a quick email reply because we know hanging out on Patreon isn't everyone's thing. You can also opt out of emails if you prefer to be a silent supporter of the show. And don't worry, we do not Scrooge McDuck these contributions. 100% of proceeds go directly to operating expenses that make this weekly podcast possible and available to all. Learn more at patreon.com selfhelpless or simply click the link in this episode's description. Thank you for helping me fill the void of being the last standing host of the Self Helpless Podcast. Thank you so much. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Self Helpless. I'm Kelsey Cook. I'm Delaney Fisher. And today we are going to be talking about fear of commitment. Mm. Which mm-hmm. is, um, yes. I think something that if you haven't personally felt a fear of commitment, you have probably been in a situation in life where you have witnessed somebody else having a fear of commitment. Maybe you've been in a relationship or, you know, we're going to be talking about things outside of relationships too, where people have a lot of fear of commitment and career steps and stuff too. So it can be a lot of things. Yeah. Uh, Relationships, career, like having kids or not having kids. Oh, yes. There's so much. Good point. Uh, Committing to something. I think the only time I haven't really had a fear of commitment is getting dogs. (laughs) (laughs) And Maverick wants to say hi. Oh, hi, Maverick. He wants to say hi in the back. If you're on YouTube, I got both my pups in here. So Um, cute. Yes. You know what? That's so funny because that is also the time in my life where I've just been blindly (laughs) just dive into a, you know, 15 to 20 year commitment is with my cats. Yes. (laughs) Just pluck them up like I'm picking up a bag of bagels. And it's like, no, this is a creature that you will be taking care of for like, you know, a fifth of a century potentially. And my brain is just, it's a different, it's a different part of my brain when I make those types of decisions about commitments. Yeah, they have, I think all of my cats have been impulse adoptions. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Probably could have used a little bit more fear of commitment and getting them to be <laughs> honest, like a reality check of like, listen, although I have zero regrets, I'm just saying that, yes. you know, they, they are a big commitment and some people yeah. aren't ready for them. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Oh. Um, 
So this is coming out on April 18th. Just want to remind you guys of some of my upcoming tour dates. I will be in Austin April 21st to the 23rd for Moon Tower Comedy Festival. I'll be in San Diego at the end of April. And then Tampa, Bakersfield. Oh, Flappers and Burbank just got added, actually, May 19th for our oh L.A. Gosh, area. Yes, yeah. yeah, so I'll get to see you then. Um, That's awesome. L.A. area helpsters. Fabulous. May 19th. It's a Thursday. Uh, Flappers in Burbank. And then Bakersfield, Boston, and shooting my special in Denver at Comedy Works June 18th. So if you want tickets for any of that, go to KelseyCook.com. There are tickets for a bunch of other cities throughout the rest of the year as well. And would love to see you. So, Del, what's going on with you? Yeah, you can go to DelaneyFisher.com for Efficionado, the podcast, which is the minimalist business podcast. So if you're looking to simplify your business for uh, more money, more time, more freedom, more fucking joy, then come on over. <laughs> that's that's what we do. Um, I also uh, offer business simplicity coaching services too uh, for individuals and uh, different companies. You can head over to DelaneyFisher.com for that as well. And our most recent episode that's coming out or came out recently um, was about creating evergreen content. If you want to create less content, but still kind of get uh, you know, the same kind of bang for your buck or even sure. better bang for your buck. You know, we talk about how to make, make less, but make it very kind of like high quality and, and evergreen for your ideal client. So that's, nice. that's, that's what's going on. I that's love it. that. That sounds yeah. incredibly helpful. And very <laughs> it's quite fun. Yes. I enjoy it. <laughs> um, we, we have, have a quotable. Oh, we do. You Look at us just all over it. <laughs> You read it, Kelsey. <laughs> okay. So um, this is not attributed to anybody in particular. It says, be decisive, right or wrong, make a decision. The road of life is paved with flat squirrels who couldn't make a decision. <laughs> oh, my God. Wow. You really went for it. That was submitted by uh, Milton over at Patreon. Yeah. Our helpster I, Milton. Sweet Milton. He's been an OG helpster. Milton. Yes. Comes to yeah. the DC shows. He's the best. Thank you oh, so much, awesome. Milton. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, I appreciate the directness of this quote, really. Like, shit or get off the pot. You know, sometimes you just got to go one way or another. Yeah. And then you find out what you need by just making that decision. I completely agree with this. I, being stuck in a decision, I think, is just one of the most like draining, Ugh. you know, feelings. And just doing something, it, it might not be where you land indefinitely, but it's yes. just at least that next step that you need before continuing. Oh, couldn't agree more. Yeah, there are a few. <laughs> few times in life that I feel worse than when I'm in a gray area. It's just, yes. it it bleeds into all other parts of your life. It just yes. feels like an open tab in your mind that you can't close until you figure out what you're doing. Yes. Um, I do, this is such a funny quote too, to picture like if Target was putting out like home decor because it's just so graphic, like right or wrong, make a decision. The road of life is paved with flat squirrels who couldn't make a decision. You're like, Jesus Pick Christ. a tree, squirrel. Pick a tree. Fuck. Also, this is um, a message he sent with the quote. So as someone who used to be way more indecisive due to my perfectionism, this quote basically hit me in the face when I saw it on Google. The simple picture of it in my head just got me at that moment. And I was like, ah, most people are trying to avoid hitting them, but that last minute sort of frantic nature can get people caught up. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. That's like a very memorable quote. (laughs) I mean, that will stick with me. (laughs) That one's really 
Yeah, <laughs> that is very graphic, uh, but but necessary. So yes. Oh, and one thing I want to say is that this episode was submitted by a helpster on our Patreon account. I think somebody DM'd us this topic idea, and we're like, "Hell yeah, this is great! It's How a great have we not idea." Talked about this, so thank you so much um, for you know. That's another way you can you can connect. Um, of course, email is usually the best way we can see stuff, but. This is yeah. uh, I'm really excited when I saw this topic. And of course, if you want to be able to submit one of your favorite quotes to have as a quotable on the show, that's also something you can do through Patreon. So you can do that. You can help us pick show topics, all the things. It's such a great community. So patreon.com slash selfhelpless if you want to go be a part of that and also have access to 60 bonus episodes. If you are new mm-hmm. here and you want more, it's where you can There's go. There's a uh, Boy, boy, <laughs> is there more. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we were always like, do we want to tell people? That yeah, do we want to keep those up? Okay, sure. They are, <laughs> they're exposing. They're, they're deep dives. We used to answer um, listener emails and yeah. share stuff that we didn't really want to put on the main podcast. But yes. anyway, it's a good time. Go check out that extra, extra Ooh, content. All righty. Shall we get into fear of commitment? Yeah. Yeah. So we're talking about, you know, what it is, personal experiences with it, and just any kind of tips that have helped us, you know, make decisions around commitments in our life as well. Yeah. Um, so in self-help literature, when we talk when when the fear of commitment is usually referenced, it's it's regarding the avoidance of long-term partnership and or marriage. Of course, it can be a lot of things. Um, and then in pop culture and in psychology, the concept is often much more pervasive and can affect an individual's school, work, and home life as well. So some signs that you might have a fear of commitment in some way, shape, or form, uh, self-sabotage. So you will either sabotage the relationship in a way that will make it end, or you may prematurely end the relationship, even if it's going well. Um, Maybe you struggle to make and keep plans. So someone with only kind of one foot in the door is likely reluctant reluctant to make plans too far into the future. Small examples might include not saying yes to a wedding three months away or avoiding making holiday plans. Your emotions cause extreme discomfort. So experiencing discomfort to the point of avoiding emotional conversations or not displaying your own emotion can be a sign of commitment issues as well. Wow. Mm. That's, I need to think about this last part for a second because that's interesting to me. So I'm just rereading that. Experiencing discomfort to the point of avoiding emotional conversations or not displaying your own emotion can be a sign of commitment issues. That's interesting. I wonder if that's because you don't want to fully open up to that person because then if they're kind of, if you're vulnerable and then they leave or something happens, maybe you're more hurt by that. Yeah. That's so interesting though. I had never really clumped that in with a fear of commitment. Yes. Lumped that in? Clumped that in? Most people yes. say lumped that in. I think they say lumped. Lumped, <laughs> yes. And you know what? I do want to say too, like some people also just do not want a romantic partner and that is yeah. totally fine. You know, like that is okay. Right. So I think, you know, when it comes to fear of commitment, we're really talking more about the the broad the broad stuff um, because right. it's okay if you just don't have an interest in having like a life partner or romantic partner. Like some people just want to be, you know, yeah. Individual. When I 
Right. When I think of um, somebody who's having chronic issues with a fear of commitment and a relationship, I picture somebody who does want yes. a relationship and does want to feel that connection, but they are afraid of the things that can come with that if it doesn't yeah. go well. So that yes, exactly. I think you're right. That's important to differentiate. Right. The want. The want has to be there because I think we really – we jump to shaming people who are like single, you know? Yeah in their 30s, 40s, 50s, whatever. And it's like, that's, that's a choice. That's a choice totally. like any other. Like, that's a lifestyle choice and that's cool. Totally. Um, yeah. Yeah. What Does anything come up for you, Kels, when it comes, like, you know, we're both children of divorce. Did you have any kind of ideas about commitment uh, when you were younger? Totally. What was kind of ingrained in you? Yeah. Um, I I didn't really realize until I had gotten engaged Um I, I think I've mentioned before on the podcast that in my um, previous marriage, we actually got engaged really early on when we were very young. And then we realized after uh, I was maybe, uh, I can't quite remember. It's been a long time. Maybe it was like six months of being engaged, maybe less than that. And in that time, we had just started to argue constantly. The relationship really took a turn after we had gotten engaged and we realized that we weren't ready. And I think for me, my what was happening for me at the time was all of the marriages I had seen in my life for the most part had ended in divorce. Yeah. Um, my parents, uh, their parents, uh, my ex-husband going into um, our relationship, he had come off of being divorced as well. So he and I, and, and same on his side of the family, tons of divorce. So I got this idea in my mind that he and I had to be perfect in order for us to feel comfortable moving into a marriage. And I think I really put the relationship under the microscope at that point. And uh, fortunately, despite us being young, we were able to have a really adult conversation at the time and go, hey, it looks like things got bad for us once we got engaged, I don't think we're ready. Let's let's take that back off the table and just focus on, mm. you know, having a good relationship. And so that's what we did. And um, I just – I hadn't really experienced fear of commitment in my life until that moment because, like you said, Del, for you and I to both come from divorce, it does make it feel very, very hard to move forward in something when all you have seen is that institution fail yeah, in your oh, life. Yeah. And so that was, that was kind of my first experience with having fear of commitment. Mm, totally. How about you? Sense. Yeah. I think even as a kid, I just realized it's so interesting. Kim and I had a conversation not too long ago where we sat down and we realized that we were very opposite in the way where he come, he's from the Midwest and he, all of his friends' parents are still together except for like one friend that he thought of oh. who comes from divorced parents. Yeah. And I was very much the opposite. I was like, I think all of my friends come from divorce except maybe one. So uh -huh. it was really interesting to see that um, kind of contrast. And I feel like I don't, you know, one thing that came to mind is California is a very expensive place to live. And, you know, he's from Rockford, Illinois. So yeah. I feel like cost of living, I, I would think that has something to do with a lot of it because, you know, financial issues are a huge reason people sure. break up and stuff. But I thought that was interesting. And so when I was younger, I think it just became ingrained in me. And I just remember 
holding on to those like statistics that I would hear, like the longer you wait to get married, the more successful you will probably be. Yeah. And so I remember thinking like, I'm going to get married later than the average age. Um, I want to be with somebody for like at least four years before making that kind of commitment. Like all these things that Cam and I ended up doing. Um, and just, it was, I was surrounded by it. It was kind of like, it was so normalized, which I feel like was a little nerve wracking, but also I think it kind of desensitized me to divorce to where I'm like, if I'm ever unhappy and in a marriage, I'll just get a divorce. You know right. what I mean? Like right. these people are doing it all the time over right. here. So I think it's a weird thing where like there was nerves around it, but I also realized like, oh, it's okay if you're not happy in a, in a relationship to leave. Right. Where I think when you come from a place where divorce is not the norm, it kind of feels like a really, really big deal if it, yeah. it's happening to somebody. Yeah. So I feel like it's both. I don't know. It's a weird, it's a weird feeling for sure. There's something magical about unboxing. When you unbox BritBox, you uncover a world of British entertainment. Stream the UK's most brilliant series, including new and upcoming seasons of Shetland, Father Brown and Death in Paradise. Plus new originals like Payback, Irvin Welsh's Crime and Archie, the story of Hollywood's greatest leading man, Cary Grant. Unbox BritBox and escape to the best of British TV. Stream with a free trial at BritBox.com. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. It's tough because, yeah, I agree. I I have seen certain couples um, that have been together for, like, I mean, decades. And I look at their marriage from the outside and I'm like, ah, I, I don't know that they're happy. I don't know if they've yeah. been happy for a long time. But it seems like they are just really committed to not getting divorced. And while there is something honorable in that, I also feel like, God, you only live once. If you're not happy, I am a supporter of people accepting like, hey, maybe we thought this was going to work at a certain time and now it's not. But but then you're like, well, then what's even the point of marriage? Like why does anybody get married if we're all just being so flippant about, yeah, I mean, if it doesn't work, we'll just get divorced. It's hard yeah. to find that balance. Oh man. You know, so Cam and I talked about this recently too, where we, we had talked about, you know, when getting married and all that stuff. And he was, he was feeling in a way where like, I could just be with you like forever and like still treat you like my wife, even if we don't have the certificate and the ring and the party and stuff like that. And I was like, I totally get that for me. I don't need the certificate sign, but I would like a ring and a party and be able to call you my husband type of thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's not because um, I'm afraid that this is, (laughs) this sounds bad. It's not, I wasn't afraid of him leaving me. It just feels like it's a different level of commitment for me. If there's some kind of some, some kind of marriage situation, because I don't want to feel like this is an easy out. I don't want that. I don't want it to be an easy out with you. And I, that's why I needed that type of commitment. I want it to feel a little bit different than what I've felt before. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I completely get that. Yeah. Because even if, 
like if you get this certificate and you are in it and it makes you go, okay, if this isn't working, we have to really make sure that we have tried everything. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah. it's going to be a whole big hullabaloo. Yeah. <laughs> Not to sound like I'm 75 and live in Wisconsin, but like yeah. it's going to be an ordeal and yeah. legal stuff involved and all of that. But you would hope that even if certificates aren't involved, you would hope that the serious relationships you're in, that you do give it everything totally. you've got and, you know, all of that. But yes. um, yeah, the we were talking a little bit before we started recording and how it seemed like you and I would probably in this episode be talking also about how we felt in our 20s, like particularly early 20s versus how we feel now in our 30s. And I do think that is pretty common for most people that if they are experiencing any sort of fear of commitment, that it is more pervasive in their 20s than it is in their 30s. And I know for me now, I I don't think – I was trying to think back. I don't know that there's ever really been a relationship in my life where I've been afraid to be in the relationship itself. Right. Marriage was the first time that it was like, oh, this is this is a way more serious thing. Um, yeah. I'm generally not somebody who has um, had fear of commitment in terms of getting into a relationship. But now it's interesting because in my 30s, and now that I've been through a divorce – now that my life is more public, um, I am, I wouldn't say I have a fear of commitment now, but I'm just, I'm more um, careful with with who I commit to, I suppose, mm-hmm. because to me now the stakes feel a little bit higher in my life, which is an unfortunate part of having a more public life. But I'm really... Um, I'm just really selective. I think I've always been a pretty yeah. selective person, but even more so now I take getting into a relationship with somebody seriously and like really try to think it fully through yeah. as far as I can down the road, which, you know, you can't predict what's going to happen in life, yeah. but I do try to make as um, conscientious of choices as possible. Does that make yeah. sense? Oh, totally. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I think I think in my 20s I was very aware that I was changing so much. Like every few years I felt like a totally different person. Yeah. And so when I date somebody at that time, I'm like this works for now, but I don't know who I'm going to be in a few yeah. years. So it's like right. I did have um a lot of very honest conversations with for you know past boyfriends and stuff where they felt very much ready to like settle down and get married and have kids. And I was like, I am nowhere near that. I don't know right. when that would, that I would be ready for that. But if that's something that you're wanting soon, then I am not your girl. Mm, and, right. um, you know, one, I had a relationship end because they wanted kids and I don't. Um, so there was a lot of like, uh, not even fear of commitment, but just not knowing that I was not ready to commit during that period of time. And Cam is really the first person that I really wanted that commitment with. And that's when I knew I was like, okay, this feels different because I'm actually excited and interested in it instead of like, oh God, I hope they don't bring up the marriage kids thing. Oh, (laughs) right. Like, I was like, me bringing Runaway bride. Yeah. This is new. Oh, um, yeah. But when I would think about the fear of that, it's like, oh, my God, could I be with one person for the rest of my life and only be able to, you know, do stuff with this person? And, and that yeah. really freaked me out. And now 
I feel like I'm so excited. I get to be with this person. Like this person at the end of our life is going to know me better than anybody else. Like, that's really cool. Mm. You know, it's more yeah. about like what I'm gaining versus what I'm losing in my twenties. It would be all about what I'm losing. I'm losing my freedom. I'm losing my whatever. Like now yeah. it's really about like, wow, I'm really gaining like this really cool experience, but it's weird how those things can feel different. And you know, my priorities have changed a lot. Like the, I think that's just part of it too. Yeah, I think there is a feeling of being more settled in your 30s just in terms of knowing who you are better and maybe you've – I know you had talked before about that you had done a lot of dating before Cam, had a lot of experiences. So by the time you met Cam, you had kind of lived that life. You had lived that 20s life and I think that's – pretty common and um, that most people by the time they get to their 30s are like, okay, it's less of that mindset of like, fuck it. Could this, could I be okay with this being the last person I fuck for the rest of my life type of a thing? Yeah. Because I think especially in like the dating app world and social media, we're just exposed to so many more options. I know we talked about that on a recent episode where it makes you question things way more than I think people did in like the 90s where <laughs> yes. you were not seeing as many people. You just weren't um, oh, exposed crazy. to as many people. But yeah, I I oh, do think man. you feel more settled in your 30s for sure and then going forward. Yes. And you know what was so weird? Uh, it's, this was an interesting dynamic for me with Cam, but I had dated lots of people and I had I really kind of figured out what I wanted and who I was looking for. I was Cam's first girlfriend. Cam has God, never been through right. a breakup. He married his first girlfriend, right? So I'm like, <laughs> that's right. This, you know, we were totally different, different ends of the spectrum. And so my fear of commitment wasn't even for me; it was for him. I was like, you, I'm. This is like, this is all you've experienced. I'm like, are you sure? You know, you want right. to be in a relationship? And I even, you know, talked about like you know, maybe it's, maybe it's best for you if we aren't like completely exclusive for a while, because I, I, I feel oh, like right. maybe you having more experiences is a good thing. Cause I, I don't know. I was coming from my perspective of like, I wouldn't feel so sure about cam if I hadn't had my past experiences. Right. I can't imagine coming in with experience number one, knowing what I wanted and needed and even appreciating him as much as I do. Right because I just didn't have anything to compare it to. And so, you know, we talked about that too. And he was just very much like, I I just, I don't need to be with a bunch of other people to know how I feel about you. And it's not like he hadn't had any experience. Like he had casually dated and and stuff like that. And he had seen other relationships with his friends and family and all that, but it was nerve wracking for me to be with somebody who didn't have that. Yeah. I also look, I, I mean, I was saying there's so much divorce in my family. I do have this one, um, like example in my life that is so different from everything else in my family. My aunt and uncle have been married for like almost 50 years and they got married when she was 16 and he was 18. Wow. Wow. And like, yeah, just fell in love young and have been married this whole time. And they seem so happy. They just seem like each other's best friends. I love both of them so much. And that has always been a really cool example of like, it can be done. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. That's just like a good example of people really growing well together at so many different phases of their life. Yeah. Um, with, (laughs) with Cam, 
only having, you know, one girlfriend, which is me, it was, I think I was nervous. He wasn't going to appreciate the relationship a lot too, because I'm like, you don't know how shitty relationships can be, bro. Like, are you, (laughs) you're like, bitch, I'm special. Okay. (laughs) I am special. I need you to understand. They don't all come out of the factory like this. Okay. There are some defective people. Yeah, it's, and it's like, yeah, you we we were just getting along so well, and it was so simple, and like so much of it felt effortless. I was like, yeah. dude, you don't understand. Like, this is not how things can go. Like, usually go. Like, like <laughs> I don't know how to tell you, but this is freaking yeah. awesome. What's happening? And I think I was nervous. Like, he wasn't gonna be able to like look at past relationships and like, oh my god, you know. Yeah. But like he, it didn't, it didn't end up being a big deal. But I think for me, because that was such a huge part of my experience of like, yeah. When I think about, I, I don't know how would, I would have felt if like Cam was my first person because yeah. of the, the, the background with like divorce and make sure you date people and like try everybody out kind of stuff that I kind of was hearing. Yeah. Um, I, I think I would have maybe fucked it up with Cam or something. I, I don't know if I would have like been like, okay, this is this is a good first one, but what's next? And then been like, oh shit, I, I messed up, you know? Yeah, totally. <laughs> so weird. So so weird. <laughs> that makes sense. Oh, yeah. Um, yes. So we're gonna get back into um, some of the things we found online. Um, so what are some causes for fear of commitment? I know we just touched on coming from divorce and all of that can totally be it. Um, fear of the relationship ending without notice or signs. If a person has experienced this in the past, they may be more cautious moving forward in relationships because they may be fearful it'll happen again with some leaving them without notice. Um, this is interesting because I feel like this is a a situation where somebody was in a relationship with somebody with a fear of commitment who yes. maybe left them abruptly and then it gave that person a fear of commitment going forward. Yes. It's oh, contagious. God. Yeah, it is contagious. It's airborne, man. People have asked me before because my, my first relationship I was I was cheated on. Um, this guy like basically had a whole other girlfriend behind my back. It wasn't even just like, oh, it happened once. It was like a whole relationship Ugh. that I didn't yeah. know about. Yeah. And I've been asked a lot of times, like, did that put a fear of commitment or people cheating on you and all that stuff? Mm-hmm. And surprisingly, oh, I see. <coughs> Excuse me. Sorry. All good, dude. All I'm, good. A, I'm allergic to cheaters. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> me too. Well, now I am. I developed that allergy later in life. Um, but I surprisingly, I think maybe obviously like very jarring experience and then yeah. leading into the next kind of relationship. I think I was just more cautious and like looking out for signs, but yeah, I was able to really separate that person from other people pretty well. Yeah. Um, because as I started dating more people, I noticed the very significant differences and characteristics between that person and, and, and other people I was dating. And so that for me was helpful be because like it was such a different relationship experience than I was in. If I felt like it would have been a little bit more similar, I think I would have had a lot harder time trusting people in a relationship, but because everything felt different, it really felt like, Oh, that was like a very isolated experience. And this is kind of what the norm is like. 
Yeah. I also think that when I have had what, what, what maybe was perceived as fear of commitment with people in the past who have kind of called me on it, I deep down, I knew it wasn't the right person for me. And so I think for me, sometimes it wasn't even fear of commitment, but fear of telling them the truth and being honest and hurting them saying like, I, it's not that I'm afraid to commit. I'm just, I'm afraid to commit to you because I don't think that we're a match. And so, um, because of how different it was with Cam, I I think I realized that because there was a long time that I was, you know, I was dating and things were not working where I'm like, I, I don't know if I'm just like super disconnected from myself or my emotions. I don't, I don't know if I really am just fearful of committing to to people or I I'm one of those people that just doesn't want a partner, like a lot of different oh, right. you know, ideas in my head. And then when I met Cam, it felt like very different. So, and I felt that in a career too. Like I was always one foot in and out of stand-up or anything else I was doing. And um maybe I I thought like, man, maybe I'm afraid to just commit and make a decision. But I realized I had not found what I truly loved doing for work yet. Right. So <laughs> it it looked maybe like a fear of commitment, but for me, it was like still experimenting and trying to get there. And then mm-hmm. I was happy to go all in, you know, I was like, right. oh, this is what I, this is the feeling I've been like waiting for, you know? But, yeah. I just had oh, so a, many um, yeah, I, I just had lunch with a friend and uh, we hadn't ca- caught up in a while and he is in a relationship now, but he was saying that this feeling he's had with this person is so different than how he's felt in the past and that uh, – because they, like, live together now and it's the first time he's ever lived with somebody. Mm. And he is, I think, mid to late 30s and um, he he was saying that – I think he thought it was, like, who he was in the past that, like, maybe he just was somebody that had fear of commitment and, like, yeah. would not want to live with somebody in the future and that it took meeting – the right person for him. And now it's like not even a thing. And yes. I've yeah thought that that might be interesting to share too, that some people, yeah, it just, it might be a combination of age, not feeling settled, but also it might just have been that it wasn't the right fit with whoever that was. Yes. Yeah. Oh, you know what I think was helpful for me with Cam in the beginning? I just didn't feel like there was much pressure and I felt mm. like kind of there was pressure with it, not in in a bad way, but like, yeah, when you're dating at a certain age, people are going to ask you questions about how you feel about marriage and kids and all that stuff. But there wasn't any of that from Cam. And I think it allowed me to kind of relax in it to where I did not feel like I was going to be not, not trapped in a way, but like, you know, (laughs) I don't know, like I was going to have to give answers that I wasn't ready to give about my whole life. Right. We were just like having fun. And I think it was super helpful that he was not in a rush to get married or talk about the kid thing. And like it, he didn't maybe really want kids. And I like, oh, this kind of feels way better. <laughs> yeah. For me. Um, yeah. And that could have, you know, those are red flags for other people. And like, this is a deal breaker. But for me, I was like, oh, I was, I'm, this is nice. Feels good. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. It's hard too because 
I think especially the older we get, you know, I'll be 33. Um, well, I will be 33 by the time this episode comes out, but as we're recording yes. it, I'll be in a few weeks. Um, you do hit an age where as you're dating people, you do kind of want to have some of those bigger conversations mm, sooner rather than later just yeah. to know if right out the gate, like if you're going to start really investing time in somebody and then you find out that your major life goals or <laughs> lifestyles or whatever aren't going to line up, well, you yes. don't want to waste each other's time. But you also need to just know if you want to be together anyway, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like the – I've talked before on the show about the triangular theory of love where it's a combination of um, – passion, intimacy, and commitment. Mm -hmm. And then that ideally, if you have all three things with somebody that they call it consummate love. And that if you only have two of the three or one of the three, that it's a different kind of dynamic, right? How some yeah. people, maybe they're super physically attracted to one another. Um, they get along, but they don't want to actually be in a relationship. So that's more of like a hookup buddy situation or yeah. Sometimes you um, are with somebody and it's like you have that best friendship connection, but you don't have that kind of physical spark. And then that's a different type of love, right? But um, – Oh, I'm losing yeah. my place. Oh, okay. I remember right now. Um, I just think that it's tough dating in the beginning to figure out like at what point do you start to have those conversations with people that doesn't come off like – too much for either yeah. person and yet you don't want to get months and months in and then have those conversations and be like, oh shit, this is maybe not going to line up. Totally. Well, it's interesting you brought that up because I, I would date totally different now. I mean, I met Cam when I was 20, uh, 25, 26 mm -hmm. and I'll be, I'll be 32 when this comes out. Kelsey mm -hmm. and I both have a birthday in the same month. Yeah. Um, same week. Within same week. Oh, that's right. Yeah, same birthday week. Um, mm -hmm. And I, I would need some of that answered up top. Like, hey, do you want kids? Because if you do, we shouldn't even meet in person. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that, those types of things. But, but other things I think can be kind of like relaxed into. You know? yep. <laughs> totally. It's like, yeah. But um, I think it was nice that Cam didn't feel like he was trying to lock everything in and down like right away. I felt like, it, I mean, it was helpful. We started off as hookup buddies. I'll be honest. No, that was help. That was, that was easy and fun, but yeah. Yeah. So interesting. Didn't, this was none of this was planned with Cam. Yeah. Just, I think that was what made it kind of fun and nice too. It wasn't like we are dating and we set out to date and now we're in a relationship. It was just kind of fell into that way. Yes. Mm -hmm. So other causes <clears throat> for fear of commitment, like you mentioned, Delaney, fear of not being in the right relationship. A person might worry that the person they're with is ultimately not the one, quote unquote. Um, yeah. Many people also enter or stay in relationships for reasons like money, children, sex, or convenience, so they don't commit at a higher level because they know that this is someone, I'm sorry, this is not someone they want to be with or stay with long term. Fear of being in an unhealthy relationship. Uh, the unknown or the fear of something bad happening can push an individual away from commitment. This may be especially true for people who have been in unhealthy relationships in the past with any sort of abandonment, infidelity, abuse, or other hurtful dynamics. 
trust issues because of past hurts by people close to them. When someone close to you breaks your trust, it can prevent some people from ever trusting anyone else again, including their partner. And then the last few, childhood trauma or abuse, being with someone else can be a constant trigger and reopening of the wound, even when you desperately want to heal. Um, Unmet childhood needs or attachment issues. Many people do not get the love, protection, safety, and care that they need as children, and they grow up projecting those unmet needs in romantic relationships. Oh, boy. We've done Mm. an episode on attachment issues before, and I feel like we could revisit that because it really is – I think it plays a huge role. Like that plus your love language is – it really shows up, I think, pretty quickly in yeah. romantic relationships. Definitely. Definitely. Totally yeah. agree. Yes. And then lastly, complicated family dynamics while growing up. So family can be tough and what we learn from our family sticks with us. So things you no longer value or don't want to uphold can take a long time, if ever, to unlearn. And commitment issues can be one way those dynamics show up in romantic relationships. Mm. Yes. Now that you have, you've been married and divorced, mm-hmm. do you feel differently about marriage or the concept of marriage? Or if that's something that you would even want to do again, like how does that change? How have your perspective changed now with that? You know, I, I am open to getting married again. I think I needed, in the last couple years of my life since the divorce, I have had more experiences in those um, couple years in life, whether it's um, within romantic relationships or like just my life has, I I mentioned on our year end episode about what I went through with a family member this past year with their health. And that is still an ongoing issue, um, a a thing in my life and in their life that we have to... um, deal with on a day-to-day basis. And it's, it's really hard and really taxing. My career has changed so much in the last two years. Uh, and then obviously with COVID, I just, I have, I'm a very different person than I was two years ago. And I've experienced a lot more things. And I think, uh, I just feel like I know myself better now and I'm a little bit more settled in my actual life outside of a romantic relationship. I hadn't been on my own for eight years. That was a really long relationship. And getting the last couple years to um, spend a lot of time with myself, I just feel like I I needed to have this time. Yeah. And so, yeah, I am am open to getting married again. I think I'm – pretty different person than I was before. And yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Thanks Thanks for answering that. Yeah. yeah, That's awesome. Um, So if you are interested in overcoming your fear of commitment, this source is from, uh, or the source is love to pivot, Um, you know, discover the reason behind your fear. I mean, Kels and I have talked a lot about how great therapy is. That's a really good place to start. Um, you know, first step is just to discover why you're experiencing relationship anxiety in the first place and then facing your fears. You know, once you know why you're feeling the way you're feeling, it's really time to look at the problem directly and, and face it on and start implementing steps to change some things or behavior patterns and stuff and make some room in your life. Starting relationships off is tricky, but let them in and begin to change little by little. Um, you can rely on yourself, not others. 
rely on yourself, not on others. However, when you do decide to let other people into your life, do not become codependent. Do not rely on them to make you feel good. You first have to love yourself in order to love others. Be free in love. Being in love doesn't mean being in prison. Look for freedom in a relationship and give that freedom back to your partner too. Do not be possessive as it is only a road to emotional issues. Find a person who shares your values. Building intimacy in a relationship is challenging. When you commit to another person, you will be sharing your deepest beliefs and emotions with them. And that can be scary, um, but less so when the person you're emotionally connecting with shares the same values as you do. Mm-hmm. And be around people in healthy relationships. So you can't get a true feel of what a healthy relationship looks like without examples from your immediate surroundings. So looking at happy emotional attachments all around uh, can help you overcome your own fear. That, yeah. oh man, those are so <laughs> good. I, so good. I can say something that can't, it's very important to Cam and I is that we are very much individuals in a relationship with each other. We do a lot of different things separately. We have our own different like hobbies, friends, all that stuff. And that is very helpful because we both feel like a sense of freedom, even though we're very much <laughs> part of a couple. Yeah. Um, and I really like that. And that hasn't always been the case in past situations for me where a, uh, a couple people maybe felt more abandoned when I'd want to go out and do stuff mm-hmm. on my own. And Cam is very much a, you know, supporter of that and vice versa. Yeah. We had the episode recently where I interviewed my friends, Kevin and Rachel, who are a fantastic mm-hmm. couple. And one thing that really stuck with me that Kevin was talking about is something he's done differently in his relationship with Rachel as opposed to his past ones is making himself a priority, which he's like, I know that sounds backward, but I used to, I'm paraphrasing, but it was something like I used to make the other person in the relationship my higher power and my Mm -hmm. source of, I think, happiness and self-worth and basically placing too much importance on what this other person was doing to make me feel happy. And it is that funny dichotomy where you you do have to make sure that you have a really solid relationship with yourself and that you can enjoy time by yourself, I think, in order to have as healthy of a romantic relationship as possible. So when you're asking me if I could see myself getting married again, I think that's what a lot of the last two years has taught me how to do is to love myself and to find how the times that I've been on my own, how I can still be happy, um, hanging out by myself, hanging out with my friends, with my family. But I I do think that that is really, really critical to, to get to that place in life. So, so important. That's so, I'm so glad that, that that's what this time's given you, Kels. And I feel, um, I feel like I am, I am one of those people. I really enjoy my alone time. And I think I could be somebody who just doesn't have a partner, but I like having Kim, like he enriches my life. He makes it better. But if something were to happen, I, you know, I I enjoy being on my own too. So I think it's like not needing somebody, but wanting somebody is, you know, those can be very, very different too. And this, this tip about being around healthy relationships, man, that is hard. It's mm-hmm. great, but it's like where I mean, if you if you grew up with with um, examples of something that maybe wasn't uh, super healthy or something, and you have to like really go seeking that, that can be kind of a challenge, right? Like, yeah, I, I, you know, like totally. Hey, can I can I be a fly on your wall? 
Yes. <laughs> for a week. Like that's, I mean, that's so hard. I, and I have a lot of sympathy for people who are trying to have a healthy relationship, but did not maybe have direct examples of what that looked like. Like they, 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 there's so many new skills and like new interactions they have to learn. And yeah. sometimes you can't just like live with, you know, people for a couple of weeks and watch everything that they do. <laughs> yeah. And I think a lot of, <clears throat> I can't speak for everybody, of course, but I think a lot of people who get into really serious relationships when they're really young, sometimes have a problem confusing the love that they receive from their partner with self-love. And they think, well, mm-hmm. I love myself because I'm loved, but that that's different. It's different to receive right. external love and feel it truly from yourself. And yeah, sometimes you don't realize that until you get out of a relationship where you're like, oh, I thought I had a be- better relationship with myself than I actually did. Yes. Um you know, a question Cam and I also, we get quite often is like, how is the um, dynamic with like me being vegan and him not being vegan, Mm -hmm. right? Like, how does that, and I think it was, was it Michaela, Michaela Boehm, who was on the podcast? Yes. Yes. Asked like, those relations that might be not working. And then we're like, no, that's me. Um, (laughs) Right, right. The, that when it comes to shared values, because that is a big value of mine, um, but there's a bigger value in our relationship was just mutual respect and mutual respect of each other's like decisions mm. and wants and needs and stuff. And that's our shared value. So it's yeah. not like we have to have every single lifestyle choice be the same, yeah. but we do have to have shared values. So shared values is such a huge one. Um, and like knowing that we want our future to look similar, you know, yeah. like we want the same things going forward and all of that. So I don't know. I thought I'd throw that in there. Cause like we, we get that quite a bit. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, so that's what we've got on, in terms of fear of commitment and, uh, please feel free to write into us if you have experiences you want to share with us or other helpful tidbits. If maybe you're somebody who used to really struggle with it and you've overcome it, we'd love to hear how you did that and we can share it with our, with our listeners. Absolutely. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, we have an iTunes review of the episode. This is from Maggie. Um, it says, insomnia, <laughs> and y'all provide some great laughs and thoughtful commentary. I found that listening to your podcast before bed has been a great way for me to relax and forget about any stress from the day. It's also been really nice to listen to y'all as opposed to watching a screen before bed, which keeps mm-hmm. me awake longer. Hilarious while also showing a deeper side that we don't often get to see from comedians if we only know their stand-up. Thank you. Oh, oh that's Maggie. awesome. Oh, that's Maggie. such a nice review. That's really <laughs> sweet Man. much appreciated feel free to head over to the itunes and click a few buttons we'd love to we'd love to see what you got to say yeah god hugging you through the laptop that just i don't know there's something about that that just felt really nice that was yeah. a very sweet review and yes. a good tip it makes me want to remember to try to do less screen time before bed and and yeah, put a podcast on instead yeah that's such a good tip yeah. Uh, any plugs, segments, Kels? What you got? Yeah, I just wanted to say um, I, I just got home from Acme in Minneapolis. I had a, a weekend of shows there, and I, it was just a really magical, special weekend. And I Aww. had been looking forward to performing at that club. It is, it's been around for 30 years, which, I mean, there are very few clubs in the country that have been around that long. And it's just this legendary place that – uh, I've really wanted to work. I mean, I think all comics hope to work there at some point. And um, I sold out five of the six shows. That's awesome. And, um, wow. 
congrats. Thank you. I sold out of my t-shirts with one show left. Like I sold them out early and so many fantastic helpsters that came out. I loved meeting all of you. Thank you for coming. Um, It just was really special. The shows were so fun and um, I got to sign the wall, which is like a cool thing that the headliners get to do in the calendar year. And I just had a great time. So it was awesome. – I'm often really hard on myself, as you listeners know. Hashtag Netflix. <laughs> but it was a time where I left feeling really proud and really happy and just like – it just was a really cool weekend. So oh, thank you amazing. to all of you who came out. It was really, really wonderful to meet you. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So proud of you. That's freaking awesome. So Thank cool. you. So Thanks. Cool. Tell me what's going on with you. Um, I guess I do have a little bit of a okay, so I got a, a good shit. I had my bachelorette party a few weekends ago. That's and right. you and Taylor, of course, were very missed. Everybody asked about you guys. Mm, um, yeah, we, we missed was, you. It was just a really nice like weekend getaway. Um, we rented like this private ranch, um, just beautiful backyard and you know, got some ladies together and God, it was just so nice. And I'm just like, I think as you get, as you get older, you just realize like what true friendship is and how much those relationships really mean to you. And it was so nice having, having like that weekend. And we had a sommelier come out for a little wine tasting experience. We had a magician come out for a private (laughs) magic show and my God, did they get a (laughs) Did they get a show themselves? Let's say it was, I'm sure. um, it was really nice. And um yeah, just it was just great. It was just like a it was just like a house PJ party for a couple of days. And it was it's really weird because my little sisters are now old enough to like go to those things. And that was a really weird experience of like yeah. hanging out with my two sisters like as adults at an event like that. And they're yeah. like meeting a lot of my friends, like hearing stories about me when I was younger and all that. And I'm like, oh my God, this is just such a weird, very, very surreal um, experience. But yeah, it was, it was nice. And it's, it's something that we just didn't, I didn't know if I was going to be able to do it, you know, like with everything the past couple years. And um, so it just, it like meant even more that we were all able to kind of like get together and and do something like that. So it was very nice. I liked very it a lot. Cool. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I was, was sad to not be there. This tour schedule. Whew. I know. I, I, and I knew like, it's all good. I you know. were there in spirit. Well, thanks. <laughs> yes. Some people asked about you and they're, they're excited for you and Taylor and you know, Aww. they're supportive of all that. So thanks. That yeah, was fabulous. Thanks. Um, All right, guys. Well, that's it for this episode. Remember to head to KelseyCook.com and get those tour date tickets. So many coming up. And uh, go listen to Aficionado, the podcast. There you go. We'll talk to you guys next week. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Self Helpless Podcast. You can find our Patreon community, merch, and our individual work at selfhelplesspodcast.com. We'd be thrilled if you shared this episode with a friend or feel free to post it on Instagram and tag at selfhelplesspodcast so we can repost you and say thank you. 